The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's that voice. My main man, Jacob Padilla, fresh off the interstate covering press conferences after press conferences. and He's just multifaceted. He does a little football, a little volleyball, a lot of basketball, a little more football, high school, college. The whole kid and caboodle, man. Try to stay busy. <laughs> you don't mind that either, though, do you? My man is constantly on the go. Heck of a uh, kind of statement week is kind of what I called last week. There were a couple of teams that I felt like had a chance to make some statements, and they did. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, the, the easy ones are Bennington and, uh, and Millard South, and we'll get to them. But, you know, quietly, I just want to start and be just for a second because I got into a little bit of a – it wasn't even a disagreement because I didn't have an opinion one way or another. But you know the school and class B that the fewest people believe in, but they just keep winning? Who would you guess that to be? Uh, fewest believe in. Um, would it be the uh, the reigning champs? The Elkhorn Antlers. <laughs> I'm hey. telling you. So I'm at the grocery store, <laughs> and I, of course, you know some people know my uh, um, relationship with with Coach Christo and and Coach Haig and and Coach Wortman, uh, formerly retired Coach Wortman, and just a lot of guys out yeah. there that I've known for a long time. And it really became a topic of discussion. I don't know how they do it. it; doesn't make any sense. The schedule must not be this. The schedule must not be that. And all I could simply say it was two guys in particular, and all I could simply say was sometimes. Knowing how to win <laughs> matters. And it is it th- really hard to win. We've seen it the last two weeks with them coming coming back late to to pull off some make some big plays and get the win somehow. And they're they're four and but that's I was looking at Sauter's coach's poll on NEB preps and uh I, I texted him just to make sure there wasn't a mistake or something. I saw that Elkhorn uh dropped from three to six, I think it was. Um after That's the level win. of respect they're yeah. getting, right? Or lack of respect. And that's coaches. That's not even Sauter's opinion. That's a coach's poll. <laughs> you know, sometimes I want to look at him after some of those polls, and I'm like, are you just saying coaches and it's really your own? Because <laughs> I just, I think coaches typically reward winning. Yeah. Right? And, and especially reigning champs, typically you're up pretty you high until you You get the benefit of the doubt, right? And this is a special situation where a different coach and they lost almost – all of their key playmakers. Production, yeah. They've had a little bit of injuries this year too, with some guy, some important guys missing time. But again, they find a way to get uh, to win late and another twenty three, twenty one comeback against Blair. Um, Just and again, keep hanging 4-0. around. This, yeah. I mean, you allow them the opportunities to win close games. And a couple weeks ago, it was a, a safety was the difference. They listen. That's part of winning. I, I'll never be dismissive of that because it's hard to do. And not, uh, against Waverly. Um, Two weeks ago, 90-yard uh, touchdown, go-ahead run, and then a two-point conversion to take the lead instead of going for the tie. And then the defense got it done. So um, that 
they, they've got different ways to win. Um, it's not always pretty. They, they haven't looked the most impressive in their wins, but what, one, two, three, four, about five, five teams are 4-0 here in the top 10 in Class B, and uh, they're one of them. Outside of, let's, okay, let's take the three usual, well, two usual suspects of the teams that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. So let's set Bennington and Plattsmouth aside. We just talked about Elkhorn. The fourth remaining undefeated team in Class B is? Well, we got... Uh, in the top ten. Yeah. In the uh, top ten. We got, uh, according to the Sauters Bowl, we got Seward Seriously, and Beatrice yeah. kind of there hanging back in the top ten. We don't know. We think we kind of know about Beatrice just because of the schedule, but Seward is flying under the radar, a team that I don't know a whole lot about. Yeah. Uh, and Beatrice will, will have a test this week. Um, that's probably that might be the best uh, game in B uh, on this week's slate. Is that at their place? Yep, home against Norris, who is coming off a forty-four nothing win over Roncalli. Uh, kind of odd to see Norris at two and two. Yeah, and very very highly respected because outside of Elkhorn North, the schedule. Like, <laughs> They've had a bit of a tough schedule. And speaking of North, that's who Beatrice just knocked off 41-40. Man, it seems like they've played every team in the top 10. Their their first, I don't think they've faced an unranked opponent yet. Yeah, Elkhorn North coming off a performance. And they'll have Scott, who (laughs) is kind of licking their wounds. Not a, that's a, that's a pretty unhappy bunch. Know those, that staff at, at Omaha Scott pretty well. Not real happy about how it, Played out against a very, very good Bennington team, but they're getting a one of the better kept secrets. I think people associate him with baseball. Easton Maine's stat line for Elkhorn North was pretty impressive. He threw for 110 yards. He ran for 200. He had the huge kickoff return for a 90-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. You're just not going to see that very often, but Easton Maine, he could give Scott some problems, especially if Scott continues to have problems kind of setting the edge defensively where Bennington really ate them up. Yeah, uh, I I was there uh, on sidelines for that one. And uh, yeah, complete mismatch um, just that day. Bennington, and it wasn't even just just Mossick. He was impressive, but Nick Colbert came in the backup and went for 101 yards on eight carries. Um, they they rushed for 381 yards on 48 carries against Scott. Yeah, not sure if this is recency biased or um, talked to two guys on Omaha Scott's staff that said Mostic has the best vision that they've seen in the last 10 to 15 years. He that that was that, that's that man that's high praise. Um, that that's right. A, that's the first time that I've seen him play. and Faster um, than you think, isn't well, he? And, and, that, and he's really slippery. I don't I, know how he I finds to ways to sneak through these holes. He had guys' arms on him yep. all day long, but he just ran right through the arm tackles. I he, always, it's tough. I've seen him. I saw him twice last year, and I always tell people the thing about him is he doesn't run like he's built, but he's capable when it, when it calls, right? Yeah. He can go... 41 for 170 some like he did last week and it's pretty workmanlike yeah you know four yards a carry because he's kind of built like a hammer much more a hammer than a nail but you watch him run he's pretty smooth and he's faster than people think until they see him up close yeah and scud they, they stuffed him a few times but then <laughs> two three times in a row and then the fourth time oh here he comes breaking off a big yeah. one busting off um 
had a few um, extended runs that were really impressive. And they had one, I think he had maybe two touchdowns called back. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, so it could have even big, uh, been an even bigger day. How, if, if you're Omar Scott, how, what are you doing on offense? Like, how would you play if you're them? Because they're kind of all over the place. Yeah, I think they're struggling to kind of figure out um, what they do best and how to kind of uh, get into that rhythm. Um, you look at quarterback play, Trey Bird um, got got the better of that battle uh, on, uh, was that, Friday night? Um, at 14 for 18, 230, uh, 233 yards and three scores, really efficient day, and then picked up 69 yards on the ground, too. Um so they, they, I think they definitely need better play. Uh, Scott does uh, from quarterback position, but Mac Holtman is a Holdem is a pretty good uh, running back. I think they've got to be able to um, control the line of scrimmage a little bit, a little bit better than they did against Bennington. Though they've got to be able to get him going. He had a really nice um, big run uh, in that game. Like he's he's more than capable if he can get some good blocking, if they can kind of stick to that. Uh, j- just inevitable that we have a Bennington-Platt-Smith collision here coming up down the road. <laughs> oh, man. That, that'll be fun if we get that. Just talk about Mostic. Hey, Christian Manessis, again, 20 for 326 and six and five scores. So ca- just- ca- It's weird. The my, my affinity and infatuation with Manessis kind of happened on accident, just kind of the relationship that I have with Coach Desiris and I've got a couple of um, what I call P1s of the morning show that are Platt Smith guys. So just develop relationships over the the last couple of years. And I was constantly getting, hey, you got to come see this guy. Hey, you got to see Manassas. You got to. So I send me clips all the time and I just start to watch him and I'm thinking, he's kind of, last year I felt like he was kind of flying under the radar. Not so much this year. I mean, there are there's a nice little collection of running backs in Class B that are really holding their own. Yeah, and forty seven to seven win over um, Mount Michael last week. Plasmans improved to four zero, so they're they're doing what they need to. Um, just keep yeah, keep winning. Along. Yeah, the, I think the back part of their schedule thickens up quite a bit. Yeah. It, it it gets tougher, but I think they're built for it. And. and I mean, that's probably the way you like it is build up some confidence early, kind of establish how you want to play, and then start seeing that schedule ramp up to get you ready for the postseason. Yeah, speaking of which, you should probably flip over. I think we got one more in B, go, though. Yeah, go ahead. Sean. Uh, the, so, obviously, one versus two didn't quite live up to the hype. That was a 42-7 win for Bennington, just complete domination against Scott. Uh, the other one, though, ended up being uh, a much better game, uh, and that's uh, GI Northwest and Waverly. And Waverly still playing backup quarterback, Trey Jackson. Another team that's um, had a tough schedule. Yeah, and they pulled out a 41-34 win uh, against the Vikings. And um, Jackson was efficient. Um, again, they, they didn't pass it nearly as much as they did against Elkhorn. Uh, but well, he had 10. his coming out party last week when you were watching him spin it. And you're yeah. thinking to yourself, wait a minute, is this Waverly? Yeah. Is this, is this, is this the Waverly? Only took uh, – uh, attempted 10 passes, but completed six of them for 133, 130 yards and three touchdowns. So pretty efficient. Riley Marsh is a really nice receiver. Um, I think he's going D2. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember where he's committed. Um, but uh, Mankato, maybe. Is it, Mani- is it Minnesota Mankato? I think it might be. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he really impressed me. He, three, he had three of those catches for 98 yards and uh, two of the touchdowns. And they got Evan Cassins going on the ground, plus Eddie Johnson. Between the two of them, 33 carries for 285 yards and three scores. If you're 
you feel good making any generalizations about beer? Or are we just part two from 2020 where we say, maybe we probably just better let this play out? Yeah, I think it's kind of the same story again, same seven, eight teams that are just going to keep battling week in and week out. Um, and eventually we're going to see those guys down the stretch uh, get a chance to test themselves against each other in the postseason. We saw a lot of top 10 matchups throughout last year because it is kind of the same teams and B is so much smaller than it used to be. Um, so it's just kind of looking like a repeat of last year, I think. Yeah, you know what's going to be interesting is, you know, college football always talks about tiers, right? Easier to decide the tiers in A or B, because I'm kind of seeing some similarities, right? I think people would put, and maybe Westside has moved into that tier. We'll talk about that in a second. I still probably, I think, if Westside played Bellevue West tomorrow, I think Bellevue West would have the advantage. So for right now, I'll say... Millard South and Bellevue West in the same tier or Millard South and then you get into the the Bellevue West, the West side. It's almost like you'd go probably Bennington and Plattsmith and then there's that bunch three through eight. There's some similarities when you look at both the classes. Yeah, I think that the biggest difference there is Plattsmith hasn't um, gotten a chance to take on the other top teams yet. So they've been, they look really impressive and obviously Manessis is a dude, uh, but they haven't, face a competition that Bennington has in Scott and yeah. handle it. So you've got kind of that edge for Bennington there uh, compared, whereas um, I guess Westside is kind of in a similar deal, but we're talking Mil- uh, Millard South, Bellevue West, and Bellevue West has already um, has some good wins on the on its uh, resume even before losing to Millard South. Yeah, and getting north when we did, at following Lincoln Southeast before north had a chance for some injuries to kind of rack up, I think is a better measure. I mean, they, they were tough against Omaha Burke a week ago. People will kind of poo-poo that that matchup, but from a physicality and athleticism standpoint, North is in a discussion, and we know how good prep is. So, I mean, I the schedule does lighten up a little bit for Omaha Westside, especially after the next couple of weeks. But I wouldn't necessarily hold the schedule against Westside primarily because. They are down six starters. And that's that's the other part of it, too, is we don't know what Westside is going to look like yeah. once we get to the postseason. There, and a, at two weeks. Yeah. So, so not GI and yeah. probably not next week, but after that, because we're kind of building up. Yeah. There's a couple guys that could probably get cleared, but you want to – Coach Freund need to is, rush it, yeah. Right, Coach Freund is really – and he actually did this with Caleb, right, where yeah. he, he wants you to practice a couple of weeks without – playing just so you're not overcompensating when you're out there now i thought caleb was probably a week early against papio but we kind of felt like money was coming back and and you know (laughs) probably had to expedite some things but I, i think patiently so there's two teams i think millard south is pretty close to who they're gonna be they're playing the best right now by far. For no sure. question. And, and I think that's how they're going to play, yeah. right? I mean, they have prolific playmakers. And Gage Stanger is, I mean, he's definitely the straw that stirs that drink, right? He's just hard to account for in 11 on 11. So while we're talking about that, uh, so the final score of Bellevue West and Millard South is 42 28 um, Patriots. And here is Gage Stanger's stat line 11 of 14 passing for 221 yards and a touchdown. And. 20 carries for 187 yards and two touchdowns. And he played defense, too. uh, Added a a few tackles here and there. So um, pretty pretty solid uh, day overall for the future uh, Kansas State Wildcat 
And some crazy stat lines. You had Manessis. Uh, you had Stanger. Uh, I talked about Easton Mains from Elkhorn North. About uh, Noah Walters, 15-24 for 416 yards and hey, six touchdowns. He can flat out spin it. Man. They, <laughs> if they had a little more depth. Yeah. So just looking at that box score, it's crazy. So 416 yards went to four receivers. Yeah. You had uh, Cooper Erickson, four catches for 159 yards. He's a nice target scores. to have, though. Billy Stevenson, five for 103 and two touchdowns. Luke Grison, two for 83 and a score. 83 <laughs> yards on two carries, or two catches. And then A.J. Sizes, four for 71 and a score like that. Yeah, A.J. Sizes, uh, my former teammate, David Sizes' son, who's helping out at Lincoln East. They got a big one uh, yeah. against Lincoln Southeast, so... Especially with Southeast coming off of uh, just getting manhandled uh, up at Burke against uh, Creighton Prep. I was there for that one, and man, that, that was a completely one-sided game. Prep rushed for 240 yards and six scores, and Southeast totaled 36 yards on 27 carries. And Just huge, couldn't really get Budenbach going. Well, it, part of that was the, the field position difference and the way... Prep was able to jump out to a lead right away. Yeah, you get the bad snap. It, how about taking the wind? How how big was that? So right away, there was a twenty. Prep had more than twenty yard advantage in average field position. They start their average was just inside their own fifty, and um, Southeast started at their own like twenty four. Mm. So the first right away, you had um, a safety. Yeah, you um, get down f- out of the yeah. out of the end zone. Um, you had a. A punt that went backwards. And, and was co- recovered in the end zone because I think they went down 14 nothing right away, right? Uh, so, um, actually, not, not a – sorry, not not a safety. Is, uh, the bad they, s- they had the, the bad punt that yep. ended up being negative one yard and then prep scored two plays later. And then um, they got a, another bad punt. They, prep got the ball inside uh, their 50 and went down and scored. It, it was 20 nothing by the end of the first quarter. And that game was over at that point. Yeah, we talked to Coach Gatula last Friday morning, which was the morning after. Obviously, fairly disappointed. But how about this? We talk about the scheduling gods. They have four consecutive Thursday games, which... <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen that. Well, it's tricky to negotiate the weekends. Yeah. Right? Because you're, in essence, losing a Monday um, in terms of preparation. And so, depending on what you do with... Your your Friday is the recovery day, and you start your game plan on Saturday. He's obviously got to bring the kids in over the weekend, and you hope they can kind of settle into those consecutive Thursday matchups, but not very advantageous from a preparation standpoint. Yeah, so that's going to be a huge one, eight versus nine um, down in uh, Lincoln on Thursday, and Southeast is going to have to bounce back. Uh, man, as much as they struggled – Boy, was Jake Applegate good. I, he was just a monster. And he did it every way. There was one play where he shook a guy loose um, uh, with uh, good footwork. Another play where he got hit and then trucked the dude for an extra seven yards before yeah. he finally fell down. Went up and uh, high-pointed a ball. Um, and then his touchdown, nice, just simple little uh, corner route that had the had the cornerback peeling off and going the wrong direction. There's, there's getting him the ball. There's getting him his fair amount of touches, and then there's, you know, as Keyshawn Johnson would say, get him the dang ball. Yeah. Like, he needs every opportunity because almost every night out, he's going to give you some sort of advantage, and he's their best playmaker. And he had eight for 131, and he's, he didn't get nearly enough targets for my money. It just uh, And they had uh, a couple other guys um, that, that, that made some plays, another receiver that went for 100 yards, but 
still felt like they could target him even more. It seems like every every snap, it felt like he had an advantage. So we, there were two teams that we said last week, we felt like we knew who they were, right? Now we're going to add a third because I think we now know who Millard South is. It was Southeast, yeah. um, Elkhorn South, just because of their playing style, and now Millard South. Now there's two teams coming. We touched on both of them briefly, one in a loss and then Westside. Westside's, I think, has the most room to grow because they have the most good players not playing. Yeah. Now, how high their ceiling is, I don't know. Because some of those guys are young and we're still kind of yes. learning what they are. Now, Bellevue West, on the other hand, I think still has a pretty high ceiling. Oh, yeah. They got a ton of talent. And if they can get some guys, so, and I'm, this is, listen, this isn't, this isn't a Metro coach. This is me as a football fan looking at Bellevue West's roster. I would like to see some of that skill flip over and play defense. Yeah, They've got to get more athletic on the back end, and they have some options, right? You've got a Helms. You've got a Barnett. You've got, you've got some guys that you can use defensively. Shoot, if, if you can get it, I, I mean, and, and Mike Riley wants to play some defense. Gosh, I mean – He's such a good athlete. If those guys, you get a couple, just a handful yeah. of those guys to buy into the defensive side of the ball, I think that's a vastly different team. Because we've talked about, Bellevue West does have some talent. They've got some really good defensive players at each of the level, but right now the whole defense isn't quite clicking. Yeah. And maybe they used to go two ways with a lot of their guys a handful of years back. They stopped doing that in recent years, but... Um, you go back to Luchwecki and guys like that, that two-way standouts yeah. that made a big difference on both sides of the ball. And um, maybe that's something worth considering, especially with the depth. You don't have to play these guys all the time on offense. You can give some guys some snaps off because you've got so many options. I wonder if watching what Millard South does with their two-way guys maybe lights a little bit of a fire because Millard South has a lot of their skill to go both ways. Yeah. And and they do it. I think they train that way. You know, it's so I, I I think they still have a lot. I would nowhere near grab a shovel in any sort of loose dirt for Bellevue West, especially now that I think they've decided on a quarterback. I I think Johansson's going to be the guy full time going forward, and I think that's going to allow for a little more offensive continuity. And then they probably just have to get L.J. Richardson healthy. Uh, heck, even. Not healthy. He had 170 yards on 18 uh, touches, 170 yards from scrimmage. He's, un- he's so. unbelievable. And he's, he's got a bad, little bit of a bad wheel, so it's kind of been a labor for him. But, again, kind of like Applegate, not sure how many touches is too many, <laughs> yeah. but I would give that a try. And, and long as they have that guy, they'll, they'll be tough to deal with down uh, down the stretch of the season, especially with all the skill talent that we talked about. Yeah. Um, I guess – uh, we kind of glossed over. It probably is worth mentioning what uh, your Warriors did last week, uh, more specifically. Dominic Rizak, uh, school record, th- 308 yards and 26 carries and four touchdowns. Yeah. And tossed in a 32-yard kick return as well, just for the heck of it. Yeah, 12.2 tw- tw- <laughs> a touch. I, that'll work. Listen, I, I, I try to be objective, but he is um, – so there's three things about him that I think make him unique. Number one, tremendous fitness. He is in phenomenal physical shape. His 20th carry looks a lot like his second. Number two, he's a sponge. Whatever you tell him, he can absorb and he makes it real 
portable. I mean, immediately. He can use words, and he can turn it into action. And then the other thing, he's such a good teammate. The players, the kids like performing with and for him because he's, he's kind of like this reluctant superstar. You know, he's... He's so loyal and such a good egg. It's like, you know, people say, oh, you know, why Air Force? Why Air Force? And number one, Coach Calhoun has done a fantastic job of recruiting him. And I think Dom likes the fact that they run the ball 70% of the time. (laughs) But there's probably, and I would guess, I'm guessing here, but there's probably only one or two schools that he would even listen to it were they to come knocking. Now he he is invested and he's committed. And one would have to be like a Notre Dame maybe a Stanford or a Northwestern because he's a 30 ACT. He's, I, I, he just, it's like everything else he does. He just committed. He's, uh, he's amazing. We thought we were going to have two school records, um, you know, because Caleb had 19 tackles with, with 15 unassisted, but in his first game at safety, right? Yeah. (laughs) He's played two positions in two weeks. I think he's going to settle in at safety. I can see Um, that. But we have to decide now because we want to use him on offense. Yeah. And safety takes a little bit more of a toll yeah. on him. Uh, we'll still have him do special teams. But um, he's uh, – they, they, defensively, we're really starting to come around. As Secondary's got a few spots. We've been picked on a little bit. And that was a 47-19 win. And we talked about how dangerous that Papio South kind of quarterback run game was. And yeah. Uh, he took a few. He gonna, took a few licks early, and I think it changed their yeah. offense. He had some success through the air, um, but you hey, guys Ma- Medic, shut down the running game. Medic is a handful. He's and, a fantastic kid. Then uh, Saturday morning, up up there uh, hooping for the fall league, which I, I've never. So we had an interaction. He, he I had, won't even bore you with the story, yeah. but he. I'm telling you, he was such a neat kid. Oh yeah, I was like. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of Ian Medic. Just being around him on that OSA team, he's a huge culture guy. Just his personality is just someone you want to be around. And he had nine catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, and he was so good-natured. Yeah. You know, he comes over and he says, hey, you're, you're talking about these inel- this ineligible guy down the field. He says, hey, coach. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he goes, hey, can you, can you tell me what you mean there? Maybe I can go tell our guys, uh, you know, just so we can get lined up right. And he was so unassuming and and – cool about it I just in the moment I was like hey you know what you're covering up 41 anytime 41 goes downfield it's gonna he's like okay thanks coach and he's just run and coach Frank looks at me like what are you doing (laughs) but I just couldn't help myself because he was so engaging yeah he He's always talking about it. His teammates, the other team, like he, he just loves to talk. <laughs> a lot of those guys felt like he should be playing varsity basketball last year. Like yeah. his peers, even oh, yeah. the opponents, like they like, like Caleb loved that guy. He's like, oh man, 88 dad. He was so cool. And I was like, you don't have to tell me. Like he was, he's just a good kid. I, and you know what? I, I felt like Papio South has some pieces. Yeah. Now they didn't have Devin Jones, but. They they have some pieces to give themselves a chance. We'll see how it plays out for them. I think if we're looking ahead to this week, um, as our clock is rapidly moving, oh. let me give you my sneaky matchup of the week. It is Elkhorn South and Papillion. Hmm. You may look at that on the surface and think. Especially coming off 49 win over Southwest for Elkhorn South. You may think, uh, Elkhorn South rolls, and they may, but I'm telling you, sure as I'm sitting here, if Papillion is healthy, 
They will give Elkhorn South all they want. That is a big boy offense. They are fantastic at quarterback. They got options at wide receiver. I don't know. Which, is there a matchup you like? Maybe you're looking at prep. Yeah. Um, they got that Northwest uh, on Thursday. Something's um, got to give, right? Two, two and two teams trending in the right direction. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty much what's on stake here. It's a team that can keep going the right way. Both have some tough schedules early on. You get this win, I think you're feeling good about where you are heading in the second half of the year. Uh, it should be a doozy. We'll bring it all to you. We'll recap and preview some more. The clock goes fast. We'll keep. We'll try to stay on task here. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. We'll be back next week with Nebraska Preps postgame. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. A Huda Media Production.